the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Burrow throws it into the end zone for Chase. He leaps. Yeah. He's got yeah. it. Touchdown. Bengals. From 31 yards, McPherson. And Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl. He deals left side. Cooper Cup in the end zone. He's a cheat code. Touchdown, Cooper Cup. Touchdown, LA. Snap back, hold down. The kick is on the way, and it is right down the middle. Mackay from 30. The Rams will be back in two weeks to play in Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday, crazy Monday, lots going on, mostly NFL. We'll get to a little uh, VGK and some UNLV a little bit later on. Ari's here. Willie is here as well. Much to get into, much to get into, including a new GM and head football coach for the Raiders being brought into the market. So we'll break that down as we uh, get the press conference all cut up here in just a little bit. See what McDaniels and uh, Ziegler and... Mark Davis had to say, because there are a lot of people jumping on board immediately, and there's a lot of other people who are a little bit apprehensive on this hire doing uh, Patriots West out here in Las Vegas. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. My God, the NFL, juggernaut, juggernaut. Talk about a run of good fortune. We've had, what, like six straight playoff games of Freaking Cincy, walk-off field goal to beat the Titans. Niners, last round, walk-off to beat the Packers and that you know block punt late in the game. Rams fend off the Buccaneers, get the uh, zero coverage or cover zero against Cooper Cup. Rams move on. Chiefs, craziest game ever, up and down the field in the final two minutes and then walk-off TD in overtime to take out the Bills. And then yesterday was was nuts. And it's funny, Willie, the Chiefs get out to a good start, and I immediately see people, I see people who are like, yep, I know it, games today are going to suck. Like, when will you learn? The NFL is friggin' insane, and when you get to this level, sans Jimmy G, and we'll get to Jimbo in a little bit, at this level, in this league, with the way the officials are instructed to call the game, there is no lead that is safe. Mm-mm. It's just, it's not safe. And the Rams were able to fight back yesterday, and you saw what happened with the Bengals, down big. But you got Joe Cool, and you got Jamar Chase, and you got a Kansas City defense that at times leaks oil real badly, and a Chiefs team that probably should have made some adjustments in the second half. So now we get a Bengals and Rams Super Bowl. So before any of this other stuff, I got some feedback yesterday. People were like, Ugh, this is the Super Bowl? What do you mean this is the Super Bowl? It's a good matchup. It's a fantastic matchup. And I think it's, you know, this is the new era. I mean, you're talking about a guy who won a national championship. You're talking about a team with, you know, that they brought in some big names with some exciting players to to sort of build up 
what they have in, in terms of Joe Burrow and the Bengals and the Rams and Bob Miller and Odell Beckham and Matthew Stafford. I mean, the storylines about, I mean, as a writer, I'd love to be covering this Super Bowl. I mean, what are we going to write if the Chiefs make it or name an NFC team that you would have rather seen? What are we going to write that we haven't written? Oh, he's now he's going to go for his third straight. You know, well, I think the, I think the Packers and Chiefs has as many storylines and big names. But you're do, right; there are plenty of stories is, in this. And I'm not. Right. This is not what you get to write. This is for the fans. No, but, for the average fan out there, because because they look at star power. And and right now, the Bengals are a little early in terms of arrival with the star power. But Burrow has done so much this year, and then on the biggest stage in the playoffs, he's right there. He's an awesome story to cover. The Bengals' angle now, hey, rest of the NFL, all this five-year bullcrap about rebuild and it's going to take forever. Now, I know they had the number one pick. By the way, maybe tanking for whoever is a smart thing. Um, But the Bengals have now set a standard. They've turned this thing around in like four years. So all these other teams are like, you know, five years, eight years, 12 years, four. Like, come on, let's go. It's a win-now league. You don't have five years to freaking start winning. Come on. And I'm not trying to make it a, about the sports writers, but those storylines should be, it should be intriguing enough for the viewers, the fans, to be excited. I mean, Jamar Chase, how exciting has he been to watch all season? Can awesome. you imagine that the I mean the the matchups that we're going to see in this game? It is going to be a fantastic game. And and leading up to this game, what we've seen, you just broke it down in a matter of two minutes in the intro, as far as the. The, the playoff games leading up to this one. I mean, was there was there a blowout this year? Have we seen a mismatch? Have we seen where, you know, after the first week we saw how uh we there were there were the naysayers that, oh, this is why this format doesn't work and this was terrible bringing in some of the but the games have been fantastic. The 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 matchups, you know, down the stretch, the comebacks, the the uh, come from behind wins and now we have a couple of new eras in terms of and, and a young quarterback who the new Joe Cool. Yep. So, you know, how's Marvin Lewis feel? What's he thinking? That he should probably get a job in the NFL. Just not in Vegas. Based on the fact that all he did was win, but not in the playoffs, and they're hunks of crap getting hired. You know, I won't name any. Hopefully none are going to be coming here with uh, McDaniels and, and Ziggler. I, would, I guess I could mention one name. No, Matt Patricia, please. Watch that come down the pike, right? But, yeah, the Bengals went from being garbage, number one pick with Joe Burrow, making other smart picks, to the next year, number four pick. Hey, they were right. I was wrong. Lots of people were wrong. I thought Panay Sewell, taking offensive lineman, got to do it. But Jamar Chase is basically right there with Debo Samuels, a dual threat running all over the freaking field. So the Bengals story is awesome. And then the Ram story, I, I love the Ram story. You got the boy genius. It's back in the Super Bowl for the second time already. The Rams do it different than everyone else. Just like I said earlier about, oh, we need a five-year timeline. Got to have first-round picks. Rams are like, the timeline is this year. Jared Goff is not good enough. We're going to trade a boatload just to get him the hell out of here and upgrade. We think it's an upgrade. We trust our scouting. We love Matt Stafford. Right? We don't need first-round picks. In the game, Willie, we don't need timeouts. That wasn't the greatest set of moves by McVay. They overcame it. Sure. But that's what you do. I love love the Rams. 
Henry. I love the fact that the Rams are playing at home. I love that sports books have so little respect for LA fans and the Rams fan base that they don't even look at this as a home game, which is to me insane. So there's so many cool things going on here. The betting action has already pushed the uh, the total down and the number down as well. All right, local news. The big local news here. Was there any? After a very quiet search, it got real loud at the end of last week, right? We kept hearing about all the GM candidates, and then we heard about a trickling in of head coach interview candidates. You know, D'Amico Ryans, Gerard Mayo, Basaccia got a shot. Heard nothing about Harbaugh. And then all of a sudden, last Thursday, it's like, oh, Josh McDaniels, early in the week, we're hearing, nah, it's not going to happen. And Thursday, he's coming in for a visit. He's here Friday. He gets dinner. They do an interview the next day. Today, 2 o'clock, press conference. Dave Ziegler, new GM. Josh McDaniels, the new head coach. My head's exploding a bit right now. What's your reaction? Man, um, I hate to sound prisoner of the moment, but... I like what I heard at the press conference. Now they got a lot to prove. We got a lot to see. We got a draft that's got to be taking place, and obviously, uh, you know, see what see what ha- takes place with the roster. But I, I, I By the way, wait, wait, wait. It's a massive story. What happens with the roster? I like first and foremost that I heard from Ziegler uh, what in in a question he that he answered about decision making. And they said we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this together, uh, whether it's roster deconstruction, construction. But I will be making the decisions. And he made that point very clear twice in the answer to his question. I like that. I like when um, Josh McDaniels was asked about his first stint at Denver. He's very, very clear that he made mistakes. He was young, didn't necessarily come across like he knew how to build relationships. And 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 I felt that he was genuine. Um, and he's grown, um, aside from videotaping, <laughs> videotaping aside, I should say. Um, so I, I, I think that they won the press conference and I think that they said the right things, but of course you have to, um, the fact that he brought them on the, on the dais together, um, he was asked about, uh, Mark, I say he, Mark Davis, um, in terms of bringing them together, making sure that they were one. And Mark Davis said that every general manager uh, prospect that he interviewed, he asked, as a head coach, who do you see? Head coach, he said, who do you see as a general manager? He brought up the fact that he brought in Reggie McKenzie and let him choose his head coach. He brought in John Gruden and let him bring in his general manager. He wanted to make sure that he brought in two people that were going to work together, have a synergy was the word he used, um, And it just goes back to the fact that I like that Ziegler said, and he was very matter-of-fact, he very specific, he will have the final say-so. And I think that's important. Open phones today, 364-1100-364-1100. I need to be sold on this. You did a little bit there. I need to be sold on this. So for listeners out there who are completely fired up about Josh McDaniels, the former Patriots OC, who did have coaching experience. It did not work out in Denver. He also, something happened in, with the Colts where he was going to be the coach, right. and he decided to leave. I need to be sold on this. So for those who are on board, sell me. 364-1100, 364-1100. I'm sure Willie will sell me some more on this. 
And for those who don't like the hire, we want to hear from you guys or from you guys as well, because I, I see a Raider Nation right now that is very much split. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. The kick is up. Yeah. It yeah. is good! <laughs> Coffin nails! Bam! 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 That is unbelievable. The Cincinnati Bengals come from behind on the road. Unbelievable. It is no fluke. (laughs) It is a fact. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 56. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Very cool moment for a franchise that... uh... Has had success over the years. People beat up on the Bengals. They haven't been near as bad as some franchises. But in terms of getting over the hump and, you know, reaching the ultimate game, they've done it twice, which, by the way, is a lot more than some other organizations. And they were solid under Marvin Lewis. They were dreadful when Taylor took over. They get a number one pick. Burrow's story is amazing. And this is so accelerated in terms of the timetable and what they should be doing. So Bengals Radio Network on that one. Can the Raiders, like, I think a lot of people look at the Bengals and they're like, yeah, the Raiders were much worse. Lost a tight game to them. Is this the next step for the Raiders to get to that level? Three six four eleven hundred, and the next step is bringing in Josh McDaniels, the OC from the Patriots, and a new GM, his buddy Dave Ziegler. I need to be sold on this. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Resume is a bit troubling for Josh McDaniels. Belichick tree four ten winning percentage from the other guys who've moved on from Belichick as head coaches. Little distressing. So sell me on it if you love it. And if you don't, chime in as well. Cause I've seen a lot of people who are like, man, eh, for this reason and that reason. I mean, even as simple as like, I don't like the Patriots. Rivalry. I don't want their guys. 364 1100, 364 1100. Willie is here. It's Cofield. Scott's up. Hey, Scott. Hey, Steve. Willie. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, far as getting the coach from the Patriots, well, the Knights got the coach from San Jose, so how'd that work out? Um, well, how did I, it, you know what? Actually, answer it yourself. How did it work out? It's been working out pretty well. They haven't won a Stanley Cup, though. Yeah, they've been playing well. They've been uh, in the playoffs. Um, in, the, in the NFL, as in college, I don't think you can win without a quarterback. They got as a quarterback, and McDaniels made quarterbacks that not are not better than Carr, look better than Carr. Um, I've been screaming at the TV for months, do more play action, do play action. First thing he said is he's going to do a lot more play action. They have shown a lot more creativity than the Raiders have in years uh, on offense. So I think that'll help out. Um, as far as personnel, after watching these last two weeks of games, we definitely need a number one receiver, and we need some offensive linemen on the right side, a little bit better pass protection. But I think he's learned. Um, how many other coaches have done better on their second assignment, their second chance? Uh, Belichick is one of them. Um, and, and, again, I think he works well with quarterbacks and, and make 
Carr, uh, instead of a top 15 quarterback, maybe a top five. All right, Scott. Yeah, all optimistic. Listen, the guy's a brilliant offensive mind. The fact that he made it work a little bit last year with Cam Newton. They had a Matt Castle year that it worked. Mac Jones is a rookie, was managed and massaged all year, had a productive year, clearly with Brady. McDaniels did a very good job. Um, just to go back to my original point, I'm not saying Pete DeBoer has been a failure, but if you want to draw a parallel here, right, and it wasn't the, you know what, I won't even, let's not even talk Rudin. Versace had just took him to the playoffs. They looked at that, and they're like, that's not good enough. There's got to be another level. Just like Gerard Gallant got him to the Stanley Cup final, wasn't doing what they wanted to do from an analytics and player management standpoint. They're like, he's not doing what we want, so we're going to go to the next level with the board. Now, do I think the Knights can win a Stanley Cup this year? Yes, the Eichel trade is going to help that a lot. But he brought up the Knights. Like, they haven't achieved it yet. And that's the ultimate goal, right? Not just making the playoffs because Pisacci just did it. Right. It's making the playoffs, maybe winning 11 or 12 games in a future year, getting a better seed, and potentially reaching a Super Bowl. Is this the team in management that's going to do that? Well, I don't know about management yet because we haven't seen the decisions that are going to be made in terms of a deconstruction or – a retooling of this. I don't think that it's a rebuild. It's certainly a retooling of it. Um, to Scott's point about a number one receiver um, in New England, I think Wes Welker, he was pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Edelman, he was pretty good, right? Okay. So similar receiver in Hunter Renfro. I'm excited to see what Josh McDaniels could possibly do with Carr and Renfro in terms of Brady and Welker, Brady and Edelman, and before you pick up the phone, start calling and saying, are you comparing Carter Brady? No, I'm comparing the situation to very similar receivers in which McDaniels oversaw an offense. So I'm not comparing Brady to Carr. I'm comparing a situation. But it's very similar with what Renfro brought to the table this year in a very trying situation in terms of taking over that receiving spot after what took place and emerging the way that he did. So it, it, it's some, this, is, this is a move that certainly could benefit a guy who just had a career year and realistically did a lot for a Raiders team where if they don't have Hunter Renfro, you got to question how many times they come back and win some games. I think the question is, with this current group, if they choose to keep most of the personnel, which... Who knows if they will? I have no idea if this these two guys believe in big contracts. Belichick Patriots don't, except for the quarterback, except for the greatest quarterback of all time. So I have no idea what they're going to think of this roster, what they think of Carr, if they want to extend him out for you know five years and whatever, $175 million, probably the going rate. So that's all to be decided. Uh, this team, in terms of the side of the ball that needs the most improvement, it's still the defense. The defense had better numbers. Mm -hmm. in a yard per play numbers, but the scoring allowed was still not good. It was still outside of the top 20. So that's still that's another big decision to be made by Ziegler and McDaniels, who's going to be the D.C. And, yeah, if this is encouraging for the offense. I, I That is one thing I trust if he chooses to not blow up the offense. McDaniels is a good offensive coach. Now, how he operates with the entire team in terms of personality – you assume he's grown up. It didn't go well in Bronco land. Um, and we'll get to the other issue that I have, a big one, and that is cleaning up the organization from a character standpoint. Very, very big one. Here's Mark Davis today talking about the process. As uh, Today they have a press conference to announce Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler in as head coach and GM. 
despite the fact that we didn't get where we wanted to get to this year, and that's the Super Bowl this week, I'm so proud, and they should be so proud of the job that they did. Um, with all the uh, chaos, and I will call it chaos, going around the team, not only with the things that were going on off the field, but on the field as well, uh, COVID and everything else, um, they truly went the Raider way. And I'm just, I'm really so grateful to Rich Bisacci and the rest of the coaching staff for what they did. Um, when John resigned, we immediately went into another uh, aspect, and that was to start uh, checking into who we thought might be coaching candidates and potentially GM candidates, if that were gonna be the case, if we can go that way. And uh, we put together quite a list, and when the, uh, Season ended, we decided we wouldn't start our process of interviewing until the, uh, champ the, the uh, playoffs were over for us. So once we finished our final game, we put together a, uh, a committee which consisted of Dan Ventrelli, Tom Delaney, myself, and a fellow by the name of Ken Harrock, who was actually the ringleader of this. And we had about... Uh, 12 people that we brought in. We initially started, the first person we interviewed was Rich Bisaccia. It was a five hour interview. It was fantastic, Rich was great. Um, then we went into doing uh, general managers. And uh, so we went through that process uh, with uh, Ken actually asking the questions, us listening, and then near the end of the, each interview, we would in interject our questions as well. We uh, think that the process was well done. It was extensive, exhaustive, and uh, today I'd like to introduce the new general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders from, uh, was it, uh, oh man, I'm losing it. Uh, that, which college? John Carroll University, and, and that's Dave Ziegler. And if Dave, Dave would come up, I'd appreciate it. There you go, MD on the process. So some interesting, uh, interesting stuff there that they thought they started thinking about the candidates back when Gruden was done, which you said multiple times when someone leaked a story to CBS Sports and said Davis hasn't even thought about it, right? Not ready to think about it. Like they were thinking about it. They're not. They made they're, the not list. they're not utter and complete buffoons, but they had a timeline. And then he also mentioned we really didn't jump in until after we were done in the playoffs, right? Which I actually think you can have conversations like you could talk to a guy like Jim Harbaugh before that because he was done, right? Um, but then there's also the fear of no one can keep quiet. So if you start talking to anyone officially or actually off the record unofficially, does that get leaked out as the Raiders are making their way down the stretch trying to make the playoffs and in the playoffs? So you had to be very careful. Well, in this team, it's a, it was a unique situation with, you know, when you normally have an interim coach, it's because – a coach didn't get the job done, was sent packing. The interim comes in, knows it. he's just closing out the season. Right. Here, it was a very different situation. And the one part that I buy into that Mark Davis said, if that whole story was true through sources and whatever early on, was I don't want it to be a distraction. I believe that's what it was. Or, or we're focused on this, and we just ciphered that it was so it wasn't a distraction. Well, that part was true because – Part of that was we're focused on the playoffs, and we were all like, 
Playoffs? We you sounded like Jim Moore, right? Playoffs? They were in the midst of a one and four, one and five skid, and then they made their run. So, but to say that he, you know, back then, we were all saying, you and I talked about it. And he just sort of probably ran through the checklist. And uh, and to go and talk to other people, it, it's going to sort of make people uneasy inside that building out in Henderson when they started to make their run. So, yeah, um, how they got to this point, how they how he got to this point, how that committee got to this point and sort of narrowed it down to these two. You know, uh, he, he went on and, and discussed that and the two explained and it was uh no, like I said earlier, it was. It seems they seem to have won the press conference, but they they still got a lot of winning more to do. Mm. We'll determine if they won or not. Let's yeah. let's play it for the audience. Coming up next, Dave Ziegler. He's the GM. We'll uh, hear from Mr. Ziegler as he was introed today, right after the break. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak fourteen different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Raiders have a new general manager in place, a new head coach in place. We'll hear from Josh McDaniels a little later in the show. In about 15, we're going to go out to New England, talk to one of the writers of the Boston Globe, get her take on uh, not only what's happening here with the Raiders, with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, but also Tom Brady retiring. Not officially, but I believe the reports. So we'll talk to uh, Tara Sullivan from the Globe in just a couple minutes. Here's Dave Ziegler as he was uh, introduced and was asked some questions, made a bunch of comments on the new gig with the Raiders. Well, first, I want to thank everyone for being here today and taking time out of your day, those in the room and and those uh, watching outside of the room. Um, First, I want to thank Mark and, and the committee um, that was involved in the hiring process. It was a very thorough process, um, a detailed process, and I know they interviewed a lot of quality candidates. Um, so it's really an honor for them to select me as the next general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders and to represent Raider Nation. Mark's passion for the Raiders, his commitment to my beliefs and what's important to me to, to, to make this um, organization, uh, championship caliber, caliber organization, and his commitment to, um, to winning and his energy made this job highly desirable for me and my family. The stadium, the facilities, the weight room, the training room, the locker room, I could go on and on. Um, it, it, it really is, it harkens back to a phrase made famous by um, the late Al Davis. Um, there really is a commitment to excellence when you walk into this building and when you walk into this stadium. The, fra- the phrase commitment to excellence resonates uh, with many of my core beliefs and a lot of the foundational pieces um, that will be important to building a championship culture here. We'll be an organization that lives in the details. No task will be too small. Every task will be measured with the same standard of excellence. We will hire excellent people that are driven by team and that are loyal to our cause. We will strive to have high-end communication at all levels of the organization, which takes effort and takes time to build. We'll be demanding, 
but never demeaning. We'll invest in the growth of our employees and have them reach goals. The fabric of our culture will be to evaluate and evolve consistently and constantly our processes and our people to make sure that we are always operating at a championship level. Being committed to the standard of excellence is going to occur from the top down, and it's what, we'll take, it's what it will take to build this organization into an organization that consistently competes for championships. I would be remiss not to thank um, some people that helped me get here. Um, as Mark mentioned, um, I was, you know, attended John Carroll University, and, and I'll get to that. But first, I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for my wife, Carissa, and my kids, uh, Asher, Georgina, and Camden. Um, Carissa is the true GM of my family. Um, if you know me and you know us, you know that she handles everything. Um, she's extremely talented in her own right, and um, just a blessing to have in my life, and, and, and is really, um, again, is a, is a major part of, of me being here today. My mom and dad, my brother and sister, um, who are probably trying to watch online somewhere, um, their love and support um, has always been constant and has always driven me to succeed. And also my extended family, who taught me the value of a strong work ethic, and doing the right thing. <clears throat> my in-laws, Ron and Anita, uh, also have been very supportive of, as we've bounced around from Denver and moved uh, multiple times over the, last, um, over the last 10 years. They've always been, been, our, been by our side and have always been um, supportive of our vision. Quickly, um, my family in Talmadge, Ohio, which, was, which is where I was born and raised, I have a large support system in Talmadge. Um, that's where you learn, that's where I learn to compete every day. It's a, it's a small town, it's a sports crazed town, and it was, it was football, basketball, baseball. Um, that's what you did, that's what your identity was about, and, and that's where I really learned to compete. Um, two coaches I have to recognize quickly, um, my head high school coach Jeff Ferguson and uh, Randy Scava who were two people that pushed me beyond limits that um, I thought I could push myself both physically many times, uh, mentally and emotionally. And they were big parts of who I am today. The John Carroll community, which runs deep in the NFL and runs deep in many coaching circles from college to high school. Um, the high standards and the commitment to serving others is something that I learned there and is something that I take with me uh, every day when I come into work. I must thank the Patriot Organization, Robert, Jonathan Kraft, um, for their first class treatment of me and my family. Of course, Bill Belichick, uh, who has been a great teacher for, to me um, in all things football. And Nick Casario, who uh, I've known for a very long time, who brought me to New England, who taught me many of the ins and outs of the scouting system that I believe in today. In closing, it is an honor to represent Raider Nation in this historic franchise. And there will be one focus from here going forward. And simply put, it will be to just win, baby. There Thank he you. is, Dave Ziegler, new GM of the Raiders. Coming up a little later on, we'll hear from the new head coach, Josh McDaniels. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
Raiders players and employees seemed initially stunned at reports with the package deal of general manager Dave Ziegler and coach Josh McDaniels, especially given how late in the hiring game McDaniels was to the table and how much owner Mark Davis valued Raider ties in his previous hires. What does it all mean for the franchise quarterback? Keep in mind, Carr is entering the final year of his contract. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN.com, talking about the late entry into the sweepstakes by McDaniel Ziegler we knew about about a week ago. So we got to start bringing in some experts. Let's find out more about Josh McDaniels. Let's hope this goes well. I was telling Willie before the show, I went out in Kansas City today and uh, just laughed about the Chiefs getting knocked out, and I got hung up on. So I don't think Tara Sullivan's going to – we're not going to have to hang up on her. No. I don't think. She's a friend of the program. She works for the Boston Globe. She's not a Patriots fan because she's a uh, New Jersey, New York area native. Tara, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. You know, uh, I, I run hot and cold. You know, very moody. Very moody. Uh, as a Jersey guy, very moody. Um, but I enjoyed the Chiefs being knocked out yesterday. And I'll tell you, today on the Raiders getting Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, I need some convincing from some folks. And um, maybe you'll do that with some of the, the stories of these guys. So give me your take. On Josh McDaniels, who, I mean, I think he was a coveted guy over the years. Why this job? It's a great question, and and I was just reading through some of his his answers, you know, about even admitting to being picky and and why this job. I think Ziegler is an enormous part of why this job. They have a long history together, obviously. Um, And I think there has to be part of Josh McDaniels that's saying, if I don't take one of these at some point, you know, the offers will dry up. And we saw he didn't have... You know, he wasn't as popular a candidate in this interview cycle as maybe he has been in the past or that we might have thought he would be. And I think if he were going to leap, this is a year to do it in terms of what he did with Mac Jones and how the resume looks right now. I think it looks as strong as it has looked um, since he left the first time. So, I, you know, I think the, the quarterback angle probably has a ton to do with why he was coveted and the Ziggler connection. To me, that's what makes it make sense for him to take this job now. Why wasn't he the coach in waiting? Why don't they? Why didn't they have an agreement after the whole Colts fiasco? I, I figured that was it. He was staying around. He's going to take over for Belichick. Well, now you're asking questions that are, you know, we all wonder, but you know, Fort Foxborough doesn't let a lot of that stuff out. So I will admit that up front. Yeah, yeah. A lot of conjecture and speculation, but I don't think there was ever going to be a hard and fast agreement. One, we we know that Belichick has made no intention. You know, he's no sign that he's stopping anytime soon. He clearly would love, I think, to eclipse Don Shula's regular, you know, the, the all-time wins record. I think he is still very motivated to coach. So, you know, in that regard, having a coach in waiting in McDaniels might be tough because, you know, there's only so much time left. Plus, remember that Belichick has two of his sons on staff, and I, I think there would be a natural curiosity that if he were going to be trained, you know, if he wanted to train somebody in his to take his place, it, it could be one of those sons. So I don't, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying that that's probably another layer as to why McDaniels would be willing to go. The Patriots ponied up. You know, they paid to, to help him change his mind um, with that Colts fiasco and to come back, and, and, and uh, they gave him a lot more money then. I just think these guys want to be head coaches, you know, and he's, he's ready to try again, and he wants, to, he wants to see if he can do it. You know, I just don't think you can wait around forever because there's no guarantee. Damn. Belichick is going to be 70 in April, and he needs 38 wins to get to Shula. So he's going to be around, if he wants to do that, he's around three or four more years 
at a minimum. Um, on on McDaniel's, yeah. how much access did you uh, folks in the media actually get to him? Like, do you feel like you know him well? You know his personality. Oh. Yeah, I will say this: the Patriots were fantastic. I, I give them credit as much as we, we do joke about Fort Foxborough, and it's very true on many levels. In the pandemic, I, I was, we were very grateful from, since the start of it with the access through Zoom, and I think that was one of the reasons, hey, we're at arm's length. But there was a regular Zoom with McDaniel every week that maybe 15 minutes, but, you know, with a lot of people trying to get in with questions, but at least you get a sense of somebody a little bit more and you can ask some questions, particularly this year with a rookie quarterback and that. So... I do think he has doled that um, off-putting edge that he had the first time around in Denver. Like, I, I would be surprised if he barrels his way into Vegas saying, you know, I'm going to do it Bill Belichick's way. <laughs> like, I do think he learned a lot from the experience in Denver, the way it kind of went south, you know, from an outside perception results-wise and media-wise, and then coming back and having, you know, going through all these different changes in New England and being back around Belichick. So, Listen, the track record for Belichick assistance is terrible. We all know that, right? There's not really one out there to point to. But I think if anybody has the next best chance, it's McDaniels on a second time around. I think he'll be a different person in many ways, at least for the outside perception than what we saw before. Tara, I'm curious because uh, we're hearing the, the the players sort of taken aback in that mm. he was late to the mix. Were there rumblings out there? Because I have to believe as, as quiet as Mark Davis has been throughout the end of the season, knowing he's got an interim coach, he had to have been putting a list together. Did, was, did it come as m- much of a surprise to you as it did supposedly the players? Um, that it was Vegas maybe might be a bit of a surprise, but that McDaniels was going to look for another head job or be a hot candidate, not a surprise at all. I mean, it was coming up pretty often late in the season, and part of that was the work he had done with Mac Jones. Um, I think people, the, the way the play calling was working to his advantage, the way he was able to, you know, guide a rookie through, I just think that the conversation kind of turned back to this guy has the potential to be a head coach. So from that level, I would say no surprise. And then, like I said, to me, the Vegas thing, just once it was Ziggler, that just became, you know, they worked together in Denver, they worked together in college, they played together in college. Like, that was just, to me, there should be no surprise that's such a natural connection. I assume of all the coaches he's had that McDaniels was on his own to run his unit as much as anyone, right? Because I, I always figured with the defense, yeah. with the defensive coordinators, like with Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo splitting duties or Matt Patricia, right. like Belichick's a defensive guy, so... Is that accurate that, yeah, you know, of all the guys, McDaniels has had the most control of his area? Well, I'll say this about Belichick. He's definitely the head coach of the entire team. It's one thing for somebody who, say, covered Rex Ryan, you know, as a head coach, where really I always felt like he was head coach of the defense, you know, and he would sort of forget the other side completely. I mean, Belichick is definitely the overseer, and he has his hands in everything. He's very particular about quarterbacks, and we know that from – you know, the Garoppolo thing, we know. We know what, what Belichick thinks about that. But I do think you're right in that he had re- a really, really high level of trust in what McDaniels was able to do and to be in charge and to run his meeting and to call the plays and that kind of thing. Many times this season he was overly effusive, I thought, you know, in praise of McDaniels, just seeing the way he would call games or change things mid-game or you know, it's crazy. Listen, Belichick gets the, the credit for that crazy game in Buffalo where they only threw three passes, but, you know, McDaniels was obviously in on that. So um, as much as you can have, yeah, like 
kind of autonomy on that coaching staff, I think McDaniels had earned it in Belichick's eyes. Tara Sullivan, Boston Globe, up on Cofield and Company. We're talking about Dave Ziegler, new GM, Josh McDaniels, new coach of the Raiders on Ziegler. This one, to me, is even more interesting in terms of what he was doing because I think up until before last draft, there were a lot of stories out there, uh, whispers, you know, that Belichick was kind of ignoring a lot of the scouts. And then finally last year, they're like, all right, he's, he's got to start listening to some other people. What, what ex- like how much confidence do you have that Ziegler really had any decision making abilities aside from just, you know, slipping information to Belichick and he's like, all right, get out. I'm making the pick. I know. Listen, you call me as an expert. I'm in the Boston market. I, I cover the, I wish I could answer that in yeah. specific to you. I, I honestly can't. I don't know that anybody can. Um, that's where the secrecy really has been locked down. You know, Belichick just won executive of the year. Um, so something I think went better this year, whether he was listening to more people, I don't know. Um, I, I, I wish I could answer for you. I'm fascinated myself, probably as much as, as you guys are. Like, I don't think Casario has impressed anybody in Houston, you know, having come from their, the, the Patriots front office. So it, it's going to be interesting for me. Um, but I am, like you, a very interested party to see how that goes. Tara, speaking of overseer and making decisions, Dave was asked this question as far as the process because we just got done with a a tandem between Mike Mack and John Gruden and in that, you know, believe it was 51-49 Gruden. And Ziegler said, at the end of the day, when it's time to make decisions, we'll work together, but those decisions will be made by me. The question I have is, Josh going to be okay with that? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think he would have taken the job otherwise. And again, when you have a history with somebody, I'm sure they feel it's going to be collaborative in a way. I mean, I think you are getting, like, kind of a match set in that regard. Like, that's, I think that's how they're coming in. Like, we already know how to work together. And in the NFL, I think that can have, you know, that can have some power as opposed to, you know, I'm waiting, like, Watching the Giants situation, like, to get a GM and who are they going to, you know, there was talk they were going to maybe hire a coach first or whatever. You know, I think in this regard, you're giving them the best chance to come in together and trust that they'll know how to communicate and work together. I personally think it always works better when the GM has the final say. I just, I'm a believer in that sort of division of labor um, at the NFL level. I think it just works better that way. So, um, but I, th- I just, again, I, I, it's a little bit repetitive, but I do think their history counts for an awful lot here. Boston Globe headline a couple days ago, Tom Brady's retiring. He deserves a grander, more regal farewell. <laughs> First of all, it's, there's no if here, right? I mean, he, he is retiring. Let's... Stop with the fake news. I mean, Schefter and Darlington, I think, are the guys who nailed him going to Tampa, and the same thing happened before that. It's like, oh, not yet. He hasn't decided yet. He's waiting to get his bonus, and then he's going to retire. By the way, what do you think this means? I know this wasn't your story. It was Ben uh, Volan who wrote the story. Will the Patriots be down at some point to give him a grander, more regal farewell? Oh, I think there'll be something. There has to be something New England in the future. There has to be. I, I would be absolutely stunned if there's not some great Standoff. We saw the way the fans reacted and still treated Brady when he came back um, this past season. Like, you know, and I even think with the one year off, Belichick was able to address that he even knew the guy. You know, which in the immediate aftermath of him, of him leaving was difficult to to confirm. Um, no, I, I think eventually there has to be. I mean, Robert Kraft has never really changed. You know how much he loves Brady and he's like a son and this and that. So I think yeah, there has there has to be something enormous planned at some point in New England. How crazy was the snow? Yeah, uh, yeah, crazy. No apocalypse. You know, <laughs> yeah, you guys no don't live that life anymore. No. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I was on. I was on the road in. Yeah, uh, 
Fort Collins, Colorado for a couple of days. It was 11 degrees. I'm like, guy, this this northeast-like <laughs> weather, get the hell out of here. <laughs> the best moment, if you can find it's a very funny Twitter clip of the uh, the couple of Massachusetts guys that were stopped by the local news, you know, out trying to, they were getting asked about Brady and some things, and the woman kind of said, like, why are you out? And we're looking for an open Dunkin' Donuts. That's the go. most Massachusetts Classic. thing ever. Classic. <laughs> you know, speaking of snow, uh, uh, Mark Davis told a, a quick little anecdote. He said that when they passed each other in the hallway at the facility, Josh pulled him aside, whispered in her ear, and said, it was a fumble. Oh, really? Will he be welcome back yeah. in, wow. in Foxborough? Yeah, Josh McDaniel <laughs> might be banned from <laughs> There are going to be some who certainly will will be mad at him, but I think they, if, they, if they really were on the truth theorem, they'd be mad at him for admitting what everybody knows is true. I mean, you, you, just, you know, New England, they have to you know, you got to play the game, and you got to you got to say it was the right call. But I don't think there's a an honest football fan on the planet who doesn't think that was a fumble, right? Exactly. Fumble. Exactly. Tara, we appreciate you it. Know, thank it you is so. What it is. Thank you so much. We appreciate Any, it. Anytime, guys. Take care. She is longtime uh, Boston Globe columnist Tara Sullivan. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right, to get the job, Willie? Sure. Even if he's lying, he's like, yeah, you got to butter up, MD. Well, they loved it. I'm sure they did. What does it change? Not a not a G damn thing. The tuck rule is still the one of the ultimate screw jobs in the history of the league. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.